Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge in the hands and ears of you, the HR professional, and those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. Employee benefits and especially health plan costs are among the top costs that employers have, and they are therefore quite invested in the health and well-being of their employees, whether they know it or not. But there is a big difference between being, you know, between encouraging healthy behavior among employees and employees actually sticking to them. That divide costs employers big every year, especially in regards to chronic illnesses. So today I'm pleased to have with me Sean Duffy, the CEO of Omada Health, to discuss methods for creating wellness that sticks. Thank you, Sean, so much uh, for joining me today. Absolutely, Jimmy. Honored to, honor to be part of the podcast. I'm just going to ask you if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Absolutely. So, so Jim, I'm Sean Duffy. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Omada Health. Um, background's always been somewhat of a mix of tech and healthcare. So studied uh, neuroscience in undergrad and did all my pre-med requirements, but ended up working in tech at Google for a couple of years. Uh, then uh, realized that maybe the world wasn't black and white and went to medical school. So I enrolled in Harvard has an MD, MBA program. Um, was was in that, and then got the idea for Amada uh, during the program, and it was you know similar to the the, the concept here, wellness that sticks. The, the the core idea behind Amada was clearly digital health can have an impact in improving health outcomes, but but really, how might one do so in a way that's based on stronger evidence that holds to clinical best practices that really thinks through not only clinical science but behavioral science um, uh, to determine what what can really work. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, uh, still on, still on that same mission. You know, many, uh, many years later, never went back to med school. So you didn't finish med school? I yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish med school. I um, uh, it was between my first and second year of the program that I took an internship where I got the idea for Amada, and I asked for time off, and I got a year, and I asked for two years, and I got two years, and then. Asked for the third, and a bartender cut me dry. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a bold move, but not an uncommon entrepreneurial stu- uh, story. Although usually people don't go back for like what would that be like the third degree, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. So I knew I wanted to do tech. Tech meets healthcare anyway. So yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great, and it's you know it's an important an important issue because it's so hard to influence the behavior of employees for a number of reasons. One. It's hard to influence behavior, period, right? People are who they are and they're yep. very resistant to change. And then an employer has a lot of boundaries as to like how they can influence. I mean, the best, at least from what I've experienced, they can do is like send you an email and be like, hey, have you considered maybe eating some vegetables every once in a while? You know, and it's like, okay, I, you know, maybe that works for some people. Maybe that's what they need. And they say, okay, great. This is a time. Thank you for giving the information. But I mean, information has been out there forever. So yeah, yep. we're always trying to. I'm always curious about attempts to particularly look at the behavior behavior aspect. So I'm, I'm quite interested to learn a little bit more. Um, why don't we first start off with where we are now? So we're talking about making health changes that last. So that suggests that they don't last now. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. So, uh, you know, Amada, the, the best way to think of us is as a, as a digital care provider. I mean, we primarily work with self-insured employers. You know, granted, many times we'll administer the benefit through their health plan. You know, we will file claims just like any other provider. But it's um, our belief system is that you know, Amada's job and reason to exist in the world is to really support those in between visit moments, where it's that day to day support, you know, accountability, um, uh, you know, camaraderie, and and really iteration 
that's that's critically important. And I think to to bring that vision to your question, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with diabetes. Um, what what doesn't work and what doesn't stick is every six months having a twenty minute visit with your doctor. It's it, you know, and, and and it's it's one of those areas where you sit in the homes of people you know with with diabetes and like my gosh, the asks and the judgment and the you know and the operational burden that the healthcare system puts on you know these individuals is you know it's a tragedy and and so much of that care can be brought to them. So Omada is trying to completely reorient. Um, you know, care for diseases that, you know, are, have a kind of a strong behavioral component um, yeah. to make it, uh, you know, better and easier for folks. And, you know, you don't, we don't know, you don't need to go in to <laughs> make that appointment. You, no, you shouldn't have to drive to get a certified diabetes educator visit. Like we'll do it right now at a time that works from you and, and we're here to help. So um, that kind of that really the, that reorientation to making access uh, and kind of a, an experience that's delightful is, is step one. It, it, you know, s- supported. <laughs> like the we have patients tell us, like, wow, I literally have diabetes for seventeen years. This is the first time that like I felt like I had a, an actual kind of human that's dedicating like time and energy to like su- like literally like care about me and and not judge me and not and like. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a big, um, so we'll, I mean, we'll fulfill and ship people any device that they need. You don't have to like go through any technical headaches to get things set up. We'll, we just introduced a month ago at, you know, a patient's discretion if they want it. We'll, we'll titrate the medicines. You don't have to make an appointment. We'll set you up with a doc immediately. There's no like, <laughs> like um, uh, you know, you'll have a certified diabetes educator, like reviewing your CGM data, like, um, uh, you know, just the goal is to make it really you know, is, uh, like as easy as possible to support, you know, the sugar control that's within the bounds of what, you know, prevents the long-term problems. So what impact do chronic conditions have on the workplace? Uh, enormous, enormous impact. And, and, you know, people, um, you know, in, in benefits, some, some, some understand this deeply, some, um, uh, you know, don't necessarily worry. It's your, it's the medical costs are kind of the obvious, right? So people with chronic disease cost their employer significantly more, you know, in a self-insured plan, that, you know, than not. But it's actually um, uh, so coupled with productivity, time off of work. You know, someone with diabetes tends to need to take two to three weeks more off of work, you know, than than not. So there's this huge component of like health equals, you know, equals productivity equals. Um, uh, you know, uh, agent agency at, at work that often is a connection point that folks, you know, may may not bridge, but it's um, you know, it's it's a it's it's a real one, um, uh, and, and a meaningful one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what is it exactly that's preventing employers um from taking steps towards improving the health of their employees? You know, why do they seem unable to to meet this this need? Yeah, so it's, uh, um, you know, I think that the trends are heading in the right direction where, you know, self-insured employers, uh, you know, have, have the latitude and the ability to, you know, to take control of cost trends, introduce, you know, innovative solutions that the current kind of ecosystem of, you know, plans employers, you know, may not be offering. Um, um, one journey we often, you know, oftentimes, you know, have to help people um, kind of go through is that something can be done here. <laughs> And, and it's, you know, there's, um, 
oftentimes we'll hear, oh my gosh, you know, look, I've tried everything to engage my employees. Like it's not going to have at it <laughs> or, or look, we've tried, you know, we're, we've run this or that challenge. Like it's just nothing sticking. Um, or like, I don't, you know, I don't know, like these, I haven't, I haven't seen any trends change here in chronic disease. And then the, the best way to help shift, shift minds there is to, frankly, we found to like show behind the curtains of kind of what we do and what their employees would experience. And then when they find themselves imagining, well, interesting, wow, if I, if I did need physical therapy, boy, that looks like a better way to get it. Then like, you know, if I, if I imagine if I did have diabetes, wow, that actually, that actually might work. <laughs> so helping people imagine, you know, a, a day in the life of one of their employees with one of these conditions, getting treatment and support in an innovative new way is, is a journey we sometimes do have to take, you know, employers through because there's been a lot tried. And, and frankly, until the power of digital came to be, none of it has really um, had the impact that's needed. Yeah, there's nothing worse than the concept of futility, you know, because if an employer has tried four or five different things and they haven't had any responses, then they just sort of give up, right? And it can't be done. It's not like there's not enough work to go around for them to refocus their efforts on other things. Why don't we, before we hop into sort of what what you guys are doing and, and how you're changing that and making it possible, um, let's just briefly talk about the pandemic tragedy for the globe <laughs> you know the um the only thing that like keeps me optimistic is if 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 uh you know we companies like omada employers you know plans turn it into an opportunity to transform the healthcare system in the way it honestly should have been from day one um, and then we can look back as a, a better healthcare system as one of the positive artifacts uh you know of the pandemic and you know Omada's Omada's vision, frankly, from from day one, it used to be provocative. And the, and the vision that we'd put out to the world was in person care is option B, which is wh why would you not support someone from afar if you can safely and effectively like solve their clinical needs? Why would you make them take time off of work, make an appointment three weeks out, show up to a waiting room, you know, wait in the waiting room, be late for the appointment, fifteen minutes to do something like simple? Like why why so? The, the neat thing about the pandemic relative to that vector is all of a sudden employees across the country ask their HR leaders, what digital solutions do you have here? I don't want to show up to the doctor's office. It's too risky. The HR leaders ask their plans, what digital solutions can you help me offer to my employees? Um, uh, so we've shifted to a world where what, what we used to share, which would cause head scratching and was provocative, is now you know, more of an obvious which is a, a that's kind of a, a beautiful transition point, um, and provides, uh, you know, the, the scaffolding and and really a, a, a launch pad to make some of the changes that the healthcare system has has been in, in dear need of for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the tel the televisits that I've had since the pandemic started have been wonderful. I mean, you know, I can go somewhere and get my blood work done. That's like the only physical need. You know, I have stuff here. I can take most of my own measurements. And share that with them. And then what used to be an hour and a half ordeal is now like a 20 minute conversation over and it's supernatural. And yeah, you add that up across the, in aggregate across the country. And that's a, a lot of save time, a lot of saved effort. You know, not everybody has a job like me where, you know, I'm, I'm salary so I can step out for two hours. 
yeah, no, no, exactly. People sometimes people can't even get in a position to do that. So what that means is foregone care. Um, it's really hard to prioritize. You, you know, like getting the care you need for chronic disease above your family obligations, above your work obligations. Um, so you fall in a crack, and the condition gets worse. You feel worse about the fact that the condition's getting worse. That makes the condition get worse. And it, it, it turns into this, you know, really, you know, difficult negative spiral just based on the fact that like we're, we as a country are saying, look, if you're to, for you to be healthier, you need to f- find that hour and a half somehow. That's the wrong, that's the wrong expectation. Yeah. And then even if you can get the time off, now you got to make it up. Who has an hour and a half at the end of the day? I sure as hell don't. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. And don't even get me started on how everything's only open during work hours. Precisely. You're right. You can't. So it's, you're like, well, great. All right. I guess I just won't get my A1C checked. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I used to think that was that banking was like the biggest problem with that. You know, why you, they're never open when, when I need them to be open, but yeah, healthcare is way worse, way worse. Yeah. No. And I mean, we'll, as a, for instance, I mean, you know, musculoskeletal disorders, that's kind of a, a classic example that has a lot of actually parallels to you know, diabetes, what happens is, you know, you're, you go to a primary care doc, they're not experts in it, similar to there wouldn't be experts in, in diabetes, they, you know, maybe don't diagnose the right condition, they'll, they'll maybe say, hey, you should go to physical therapy. But they also recognize that that's like a, you know, you might have a three week wait. And then you're in this situation where sure, I should be getting physical therapy for my back or my knee. But then how am I going to take time off of work every single week during work hours? to drive into a physical therapist and, and it doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden you're getting surgery that may or may not work and is hugely costly. And, and there's so many, like, there's so many fractures in, in us not thinking through what the, what the person's experience of, of getting care is like. And the, the default assumption can, can jump to, Oh, well, it seems like that doesn't work. <laughs> um, you know, so good and, luck with that. <laughs> yeah. So we have to, you know, the, um, uh, we have to reorient and that's where employers can make a huge stand. You know, they can, you know, they can offer different ways of caregiving through some of the innovators that have, um, have popped up. So why don't we talk about some of those innovations? Uh, what, yeah, you know, what can be done to counter those very common and, and challenging problems? Yeah. So I, I, you know, first and first and foremost, we have, well, you know, a belief system uh, at Omada that no matter what to accomplish care from afar, you have to blend technology and people. Um, you know, and we call it digital care made human where, you know, we have kind of a mindset and a, and a belief where you need licensed professionals to, you know, both provide emotional support to your members, um, uh, uh, you know, provide a sense of human accountability, um, but also like allow a little bit of human judgment because everyone has their own personal experience. Like, you know, you may not be taking your meds for a reason that would be really hard for an AI to figure out. <laughs> Um, uh, so, you know, the, there's this kind of people plus technology angle that we feel is critically important and, and it's really about using the tech to amplify the skill sets, you know, of the personnel. So that's, that's, that's kind of job one for a model to solve. Um, uh, and job two is to do it in a way that like, is actually like delightful and interesting and like beautifully designed and rich. Um, you know, sometimes I joke that, you know, the second slide in our presentations to HR leaders should be like, you know, this is, we, we, we give you our commitment that this is the first benefit that you roll out where you're going to get thank you notes within a, a month of rolling it out, you know, uh, unanimously. And, <laughs> um, 
And if you don't, like, you know, our, our performance guarantee is called the thank you note performance guarantee. Um, because there's no reason that care doesn't have to be like simple and like easy and like, you know, like interesting. And, you know, um, there's no reason that doesn't have to be the case. That's a, that's a huge misconception. So it's, um, you know, the, the ultimate, we'll, our, our job, we'll know it's done when people really enjoy like leveraging the amount of technologies and capabilities. We're able to get access to care, actually more access, but do it really more cost effectively because you can accomplish clinical, clinical objectives simpler with technology um, uh, and uh, it reduced costs. So, you know, more care rendered at reduced costs with a delightful experience. Those are kind of the three things that um, have many have many times been intractable that digital digital can can accomplish. And now more about today's sponsor. Tired of drinking plain old water at work? Add some flavor and fizz to your day with Bevy, the smart water dispenser. Bevy offers still, sparkling, and flavored water on tap without the waste. Choose from over a dozen zero and low calorie flavors made from natural fruit extracts and no artificial ingredients. Bevy helps shrink your carbon footprint, displace over 30,000 plastic bottles a year, and reduces costs by 40 to 60% versus bottled or canned beverages. Get a new Bevy machine and receive a $100 gift card. To get this promotion, Go to www.bevy.co forward slash hrworks. That's www.bevy.co forward slash hrworks. And now, back to the episode. Tell me about the delightful experience part. I'm having trouble envisioning. Yes, yeah, so I'll describe it. So, so um, uh, one, one kind of joke I always make at Omada is anything that we build has to pass the Sean Duffy's mom test. So, uh, you know, I'll use, I'll use kind of our devices as an example. So when you join the Omada program, A, the setup's really easy. Like there's not a technical headache to get started. We mail you, as indicated, connected devices that are, they're connected over the cellular network. So they're, they're pre-configured. So you, you know, let's say, you know, if we send you a scale or a blood pressure cuff or a glucometer, you use it and you have a push notification saying that it's set up. There's not a like, oh, Great. Here now you have to pair this scale with a Wi-Fi network. Hold this button for 30 seconds. And when this button flashes like white three times, <laughs> then open up your phone and pair it to the scale. And then once the scale's paired, then enter the password for the network. Like, it's like I know. That is not delightful. Like people can't even set up printers, but they're supposed they to set, set up, up some like complex COPD Can- device. Exactly, exactly. So it just works out of box. And then it's like the people love that. And then that's delightful. Um uh, I'll use like a uh, physical therapy as an example. We just launched computer vision for musculoskeletal disorders and you'll have a PT do a, a video assessment and spend 30 minutes getting to know you right out of the gate. You know, what are your musculoskeletal challenges? They can make diagnoses. They can through the app kind of um, trigger and prescribe functional tests where you like, you, you literally you take your phone, you like put it on the desk, like set it next to a cup just to stand it. You step back the phone, you, you see yourself on the screen, it recognizes you. When you're in the window where we can do the functional test, it turns green, you lift your arm, you see the phone measuring the angle of your arm. And you're like, that's super cool. Like it's, it's useful for the PTs, but our users find it fun and delightful and interesting. So like, those are the examples. That's not what people, when they, people think of what does healthcare feel like, they don't, they don't think of technological simplicity. They don't think of like neat, innovative technology that teaches me something about my body. Like they think of like stodgy waiting rooms, headaches, calling people, waiting on hold for 45 minutes, 
all of that. Yeah, and equipment that's so expensive that hospitals have to rent it. Exactly. Exactly. That does. That sounds very promising. And because I was curious, like, how do you get a physical trainer in the home? I mean, you can't just send them. There's not enough time in the day, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure you, you could do it sort of a little bit, but you know, if you're trying to roll this out to everybody that you can, but yeah, it's uh, so you you design that that program yourself. Um, yeah, so we we acquired the yes last year we acquired a really neat company called Fizera that you know had just an incredible product offering in, in for musculoskeletal disorders. Um, uh, and it, you know, and it falls in the same kind of rubric that Omada, you know, our, our kind of, every company should ask like, why, why, why should you exist in the world? And for us, it's to really, um, fill in those day-to-day longitudinal gaps in care. And it's the between visit. It's the, you know, we want to make a quick change here, give you access to a professional, you know, at, at, at speed. And so musculoskeletal disorders fit in that category, um, uh, in a, in a really perfect way. Do you, you, earlier you mentioned that there's um, a behavioral aspect to what you guys do, you know, and I, from experience, know how difficult it is to change even things you know you need to change and you have to change or you'll get sicker or, or die maybe even, and yet still somehow that's not enough. Well, what's your approach to that kind of thing? So it's, so there's, there's some like tried and true uh, traps and mistakes that people fall into and some tried and true things that can kind of really help. And, and the first is uh, fear-based approaches tend to not work. Um, they can influence you on a short term, um, but it tends to not be like what you should emphasize and think about for the long term. Um, and, and approaches that require forcing constant and persistent self-discipline tends to not work either. So I'll, I'll, take, I'll take like pre-diabetes as an example um, you know, with prediabetes, you most often would not have a patient on a medication, but if you can help the person lose even a modest amount of weight, um, that can make a big difference in, in slowing disease progression, but that, that outcome is very hard to achieve. The, the things that work best in that is a, a, a no judgment approach, um, B helping support people in awareness of what they're doing without trying to make changes is the first step. So you know, the, the first goal is literally like, don't actually don't try to change anything. People are surprised when we tell them that, <laughs> like, don't, don't jump, don't, no, 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 no. We don't want you to like go buy a gym membership. Like, you know, we don't want you to like reroute your entire kitchen. And then, and then like what, what we've people, people have described our program as really gentle. And what, what happens is, um, um, as you get to know, you know, your coach and the capabilities, you start to learn about, well, you know, what are some, as you know, eating as kind of our instance, what are some like healthier potential options that we can mutually line on you like really liking and enjoying? And instead of saying, don't eat those other things, we help support our people and say, how might you eat more of that? And, and, and what happens is all of a sudden on Wednesday, you're making or ordering or cooking or having a meal that like you like that is slightly healthier but what you don't think is I'm, I'm choosing not to have that other thing I would have had otherwise. Um, so it's this positive, it's this positive psychology of like, let's introduce more of the good. And then that actually displaces more of the things that tend to be less healthy. Um, so that's kind of one like critical thing. And then the other, like fall, the other trap people fall into is like, I'll use kind of tracking as an example. Sometimes there's a, a, you know, a conception like, oh, great, in order to make changes here, we want you literally entering every single calorie that you eat forever. Nobody's going to do it. And, and the core 
and the core purpose for tracking is actually to build awareness and mindfulness such that you ideally never have to track ever again. <laughs> so it's um, there's all this nuance um, that's really important. Um, uh, and um, there's a lot of missteps that you can take if you just kind of don't lean on what the literature says is, is kind of the most, most helpful approach. Sounds a lot like the positive reinforcement method of, of uh, mm -hmm. parenting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, which I will tell you is a challenge. <laughs> yeah. No, <for laughs> to sure. I mean, it's the same situation to, to be like, you know, it's the instinct is no, 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 don't do that. But what works is saying, do you want to do this or this? You know, don't even make it a no. You're spot on. I read this, you know, I, I have an 18 month old. I read this book called Positive Discipline. And I'm like, shoot, this is kind of like a modest approach. Yeah. <laughs> that will help you on. because you will still do the other things. I mean, my friend, I still say no. And then, and then she gets upset and it doesn't work. And you have to remember like this experience is traumatic for this poor kid. You know, they don't know. It's like, and even if they do know, they don't remember. They're little kids. Um, and, you know, and not to say that adults are like little kids, but in some ways they are. People dig in when they're feeling attacked. The, the, yeah, exactly. Yep. And people don't like being, being taught or taught to, or like, you don't want like a nutritional expert coming, just laying on their point of, you know, like you want to be listened to and heard. Um, and, and like, you know, like have someone make a statement to you, be like, Hey, I'm Sean, I'm your coach. Like Larry, my only job here is to do whatever I can to make you successful for your goals. And like, I'm your, I'm going to be your number one fan. So like, what, let's start with that. Like, do you have goals? <laughs> what do you, what do you want to accomplish? Cause let's, you know, and, and people funnily enough in healthcare, like that conversation's not had. I mean, we could get into the why of that for quite some time. It's a business, yeah. right? It's, they're trying to make money. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was talking to somebody about kind of a similar program. It wasn't necessarily the same, but the idea was to get people back into the model of their primary care physicians being, being their specialists, which is not how things are designed now. And he was talking about how um, primary care physicians operate at a loss within their organizations, uh, particularly if it's a connected healthcare system, because the money is in getting them to the specialists. And that was kind of a big eye-opening moment for me. I never considered that, but that explains a lot about how that experience is. Uh, the fact that they pack on, they know they're going to take more than 15 minutes with you, but they schedule four appointments an hour, every hour, all day, because they know that the in aggregate, the more people they get in the door, the more people they get to the specialists, they own all the specialists, they make all the money. And while I'm not shooting down specialists, like they have really helped me in some cases, the cost, if it weren't for my health insurance would be, and even with the health insurance would be insane. That's not designed that way to help people. That's designed that way because hospitals have budgets and extreme costs and they want to make money. Yeah. And, and, and there's a primary in background, there's a primary care shortage. Like we, we, um, we do not have nearly enough professionals to kind of do the job. So that makes the challenge even harder. So you're, you know, you as a PCP, you know, employment, if you did an employment satisfaction survey for primary care docs across the country, like people are not in love with the, the world that they have to face right now. Cause it's like, way too many visits, like not enough time to feel like you're accomplishing what you want to for the patients. Like your tools aren't good. The economic incentives, are, you know, aren't optimized. So, you know, um, 
you know, we believe that's, that organizations have to come in and deliver the care between, between the gaps and done in innovative, different kind of billing models and structures that allows for the care experiences that it can actually work and actually result in improved value and outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, we're just about out of time, but any, any final thoughts before we go? I'll just share kind of a reflection knowing the, knowing the audience here. Um, you know, when I, when I founded Omad, I mean, again, I was in medical school, um, um, I didn't really understand the, the workings of kind of self-insured employers and, and plans, but I got pretty smart pretty quick there. Um, and it's just, I think it's underappreciated in the country how much innovation self-insured employers are pushing in the healthcare system. Um, uh, and and because w- w- what happens is when big organizations who at the end of the day are responsible for not only their employees kind of well-being, positivity, kind of productivity, but also their health outcomes cost outcomes when those employers say no we're going to try something new and they you know go to their plans and their stakeholders and um you know are willing to like try out new care models um that actually influences the direction of the healthcare system and it's one of the most powerful levers so this is you know the 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 closing thought here is is both kind of a you know a thanks to the employers who are out there working to innovate um in healthcare on behalf of their employees because actually it pushes other innovation to other lines of business too um, and just kind of an, an ask for more of that where, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, employers can really continue to serve as a, just a huge driving force for, for innovation. Um, and so, you know, the, yeah, that's, I guess those are my, um, those are some, you know, my closing thoughts here. Those are good closing thoughts. The, the innovations or the, uh, the companies will go where the demand is. Right. And it's something that I talk about a lot, but employers really do, at least in this country, represent some of the largest influences in so many ways in the individual lives of their employers, politically, a huge amount of influence. And, and there, most people spend most of their waking moments at work. So this is the, the point of entry. I mean, if you look at our healthcare system, if we didn't have employer-sponsored healthcare, this country would be in shambles, you know, sometimes that's the only way you can get good insurance that you can afford is because you got it through your employer. Um, so yeah, being, being aware of that. And I think HR people are pretty, pretty keyed into that, but it's always nice to remind them that, that you're, you're making a big difference. Yeah. You can, you can continue to make one. Um, fortunately, most HR people I meet are very dedicated. So thank you again very much for uh, taking the time to join me. Yeah, absolutely. Honored to be on. Listeners, we are always interested in suggestions you might have for what HR Works should cover next. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast with any thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general. Or if you just want to say hi, remember you can listen to us on any major podcast platform that includes Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other ones. We're also currently adding um, audio podcasts and even some video podcasts to our YouTube channel. There will be links for all of that in the description. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.